0: The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. But how can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are, you are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, now Andrea is going to come and give us a short talk on that passage.
1: This little scripture about new birth springs out of a conversation that Nicodemus has with Jesus. Did you notice? A few things about it that are quite interesting. First of all, to say that Nicodemus was of the Pharisees, and that was a division of the religious people who were really keen on keeping the rules. That was their main thing, to abide by the Hebrew scriptures to the letter of the law. And Nicodemus comes. He'd obviously been watching Jesus. I don't know if you noticed, but he said to him, where is it? No one could perform the signs you were doing if God was not with him. So what were these signs? What's he talking about? Well, the scripture doesn't tell us exactly, but we could imagine through other bits of scripture what they might have been. He might have been at the wedding or he might have heard about the wedding where Jesus turned great big urns of water, huge great urns of water, into wine. When the wine ran out, wouldn't you want Jesus at your party? <laughs> Invite him afterwards. <laughs> <and> go <laughs> to your party. <laughs> he might have seen people healed. He might have seen people who had been paralysed for years lying in the street begging, walking around. That'd be pretty startling, wouldn't it? He might have even heard that Jesus had raised a few people from the dead. That would be even more startling. He might have heard that there was a chap in a tree spying on jesus and jesus had talked him out of the tree he said come on down i know you're up there and what's more i'm coming to your house for tea and in the conversation over the meal he persuaded this man who was a tax collector and an extortionist not only to give back a tax refund but four times as much as well that's the sort of tax inspector we want He might have been seeing all these things and thinking to himself, what's going on here? I'm a part of the religious establishment. I never see these things happening through any of us who are supposed to be the religious leaders. We don't see miracles happening. We don't see people healed. We don't see people raised from the dead. We don't see tax collectors giving money back. And he'd been thinking, hmm, I think there must be God. I think this must be God. Do you ever think that? Have you ever thought that in your lives? Maybe when people were praying for little Imogen, did you think, hmm, I wonder this must be God? Against all the odds, this must be God. And I had a friend, I have a lovely friend, who came to faith, she was brought up in an agnostic household, and she came to faith uh, in her 30s when she had her first little baby girl. But she'd lost her mother at the age of 17 when she was sitting for her A-level exams at school. And she said when she came to faith, she looked back at that time when she was 17 or 18. And all those little things that were happening around that death, she realised really was God. She had a peace that other members of the family didn't have. She was the one that held the family together. She was the one that was able to comfort her father. Couldn't have done that. At all, if it hadn't been God working in her life. And when she looked back, she could see that it had been God working. And sometimes we're like that. Little things happen and we think, oh, why is this happening? What's happening here? And it could be God. There's a little interesting thing that the scripture puts in here. And that was that Nicodemus came to talk to Jesus at night. Why on earth, when Jesus was roaming the streets, doing all these amazing things, why would he go to at night? Interesting, huh? Well, I think that lots of the Pharisees that he was part of were out to trick Jesus. They were out to get him. They didn't like him. He was rattling their cage. He was doing all sorts of things that they found very threatening. And Nicodemus was supposed to be part of them, but he'd been watching Jesus and he'd seen these amazing things happen. And he was saying to himself, he must come from God. So to avoid the criticism of his fellow Pharisees, he sought Jesus out at night so he could have a private conversation with him. Anybody relate to that? If I start talking about God in my family, am I going to feel a fool? Are they going to tease me? Are they going to get at me? If I talk about God in my office, or my workplace, are people going to look at me and think she's off a trolley? Ever experienced that? And sometimes we'd like a, a little private conversation with someone to find out the truths of the things that are beginning to stir in our hearts. If ever you want to do that, Pads lives round there. (laughs) Probably wouldn't welcome you at 3 o'clock in the morning. But he'd probably welcome you up to about 10 o'clock at night. Is that right? (laughs) If you want a little private conversation, because you're beginning to see God in your life. That's the place to go. Or seek out someone else of faith and ask your questions of them. They'd love to tell you about the Jesus that they know and love and have come to have faith in. And Jesus' reply to Nicodemus is very odd. He says, if you want a bit of this, Nicodemus, if you want a bit of the miraculous, if you want to see a bit of change, what you've got to do is get born again. What? Can a man enter again into his mother's womb and be born again? And then Jesus says, well, what you need to do is to be born of the spirit. Because you see, when you're a gorgeous little girl like Imogen, you start with a pure heart. You've got this lovely, do not look beautiful like you darling, but you've got a gorgeous little headband on. <laughs> we start life with a lovely pure heart. And what happens between this stage and this stage, and this stage and this stage, and this stage, and this stage life happens. Life happens. It starts, you begin to notice it when they start to move around first. I remember bookshelves being emptied. I remember sugar and rice all over the kitchen floor. I remember flour packets being turned upside down. I remember cereal bowls being chucked over the side of the high chair. The dog loved it. And life starts to happen. And when those sorts of things start to happen, the wounding starts. You raise your voice, little heart gets wounded. You shout a bit louder when they do it again. Then they turn the dial on your washing machine onto 80 when you've got your woolens in. Then they get a little smack over the hand and the wounds start. And every time something happens, their little spirits get wounded. And then when they go to school, or probably before school, with their brothers and sisters at home, they learn to fight back. They learn to yell back. He hits me, I'll hit him back. I can sneak something behind mum and dad's back. Yeah, I can do that. I can cheat and watch how to spell who. Do you know I couldn't spell who when I was at school? I wanted it to start with an H. H. I remember looking at my friend's page, copying how you spelt who, before the teacher told me off. Every single time something daunting happens in life, our little heart gets wounded, and we collect all this rubbish, and we begin to react in a very negative way. The Bible calls it sin. We cheat our way out of situations. We tell white lies, don't we? I do. (laughs) We do the whole lot. And what happens is that our tender little spirit changes from this beautiful little spirit that newborns have got into something that hurts, something that's in pain, something that's in fear. We build up the guilt. We start to use excuses about ourselves and it's all negative stuff. And the wonderful news that I have for you this morning is that Jesus came to shed his blood to be crucified To cover all of that sin and pain and renew our hearts. He took the responsibility for the mess that we make. He took the responsibility for our wrongdoings. He took it on the cross. That's what the Bible teaches. And his blood covers all of the mess. In us and at the point of realization and belief that is new birth the holy spirit comes to us and brings us into the kingdom of god it's in verse 16 it reads like this god loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this baptism certificate is not the ticket to heaven. The ticket to heaven is in that verse, it's belief. And we pray that Imogen, as she gets older, will come to be a believer. Because you are praying for her and nurturing her and loving her. And you've made those promises on her behalf this morning as we have as a congregation, and we join you in that. I've got a granddaughter called Imogen, we call her Mo for short, and it means, I learnt when she was born, it means image of the Father, and I pray that she not only has your image, but she has the image of her Heavenly Father. Wouldn't that be lovely? Lovely. It's my longing, for, it's what I pray for Imogen, I pray for myself, that as I get older and older and greyer and greyer and more or more and fatter and fatter, that actually in here where it matters, I will have the image of my Heavenly Father, that I'll be more patient, more gracious, more hopeful, more loving, that more people will get healed when I pray for them. I love him more and more and more and more because he loves me so much and he loves you so much. Thank you for giving me this time and listening.
0: Amen.